0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey there, I'm Amy Walter, co-host of The Takeaway. In the Politics Brief podcast, you'll hear the best segments from all the different WNYC shows covering the 2018 elections. It's the sharpest, most timely talk, analysis and original reporting from shows like On the Media, The Brian Lehrer Show and, of course, The Takeaway. Also from the WNYC Newsroom, which is tracking key races in New York and New Jersey. The stakes are high, and we want you to have the information you need. It's what we do. Welcome to Politics Brief from WNYC. Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme Court has been thrown into disarray. Christine Blasey Ford alleges he sexually assaulted her decades ago when they were in high school. Of course, the Senate has been here before, when Anita Hill testified that she was sexually harassed by Clarence Thomas. A lot has changed since then, including the number of women in the Senate who will decide whether Kavanaugh is confirmed. This fall, WNYC's podcast, The United States of Anxiety, is looking at how gender is influencing the midterm elections. The show's
1: host, Kai Wright, takes us back to 1991. 26 years ago, when Anita Hill's story erupted, there were two women in the Senate. Barbara Mikulski was one of them.
2: The first thing was, after we learned of Professor Hill, was, should she be allowed to testify? I spoke to her about Anita Hill this summer,
1: before Ford's allegations became public.
2: And I said, absolutely. We already had doubts of uh, Clarence Thomas because of previous rulings. So in our own Democratic caucus, I stood up and said, we must listen to her. We must give her a voice.
1: The public outcry ultimately forced the Senate, then under Democratic control, to delay its vote and reopen Thomas's hearings. Can you
0: tell the committee what was the most embarrassing of all the incidences that you have alleged? I think the one that was the most embarrassing was his discussion of of. Pornography involving these women with large breasts and, and ha- engaged in a variety of sex with different people or, or animals, that was the thing that embarrassed me the most and made me feel the most humiliated.
1: This became a national event. Everybody tuned in to watch 14 white men, some of them still powerful figures in Washington today, interrogate this black woman on live television. You said that you took it to mean that Judge Thomas wanted to have sex with you. But, in fact, he never did ask you to have sex, correct?
0: No, he did not ask me to have sex. He did continually pressure me to go out with him, continually. And he would not accept my explanation as one as being, being
1: valid. Remember, there were only two women in the Senate at the time, Mikulski and Nancy Landon-Kassebaum, a Republican from Kansas. In fact, there had been only 15 women in the Senate ever. Hundreds and hundreds of male senators had come and gone, but just 15 women. Anita Hill's ordeal put that fact in sharp relief.
2: Nancy wasn't on the committee. I wasn't on the committee. And... It was very clear that there had to be more women and that we needed to be one, not only judiciary, we needed to be one every committee.
1: It triggered something for women all over the country. An election was just a year away, and a record number of women ran for federal office. A record number one, also. In Chicago, Carol Mosley-Brown became the first black woman ever to join the Senate. The guys at the door didn't want to let me in. They were like, where are you going? (laughs) So... She'd been motivated to run even before Anita Hill emerged. Just the fact that her own Democratic senator, Alan Dixon, planned to support Thomas's nomination, that was enough for her. I was
0: horrified. And so my first move was to talk to our senator and to
1: ask him if he understood the gravity of what it was that he was proposing to do. He did not, as it turned out. So she ran against him and won. In total, 28 women entered Congress that year, four of them as senators. But Barbara Mikulski
2: understood something
1: important about that moment.
2: Getting elected is only one step in the power paradigm. It's being effective and then knowing how to use the tools of power to make a change and to make a difference.
1: Mikulski had already served a full term, and she'd been studying her male colleagues. So she gathered the notes she'd been taking on the Senate's formal and informal channels of power and she turned them into a
2: memo for the
1: incoming women.
2: I organized a power workshop. Now, when the press heard that I was doing a power workshop, they said, well, what is that? Are you having, <laughs> are you having a tea? Actually, it was coffee.
1: It started off just as a coffee in her office, and then we started saying, let's do this more often. Patty Murray was one of four women who won Senate seats that year. She had been in the Washington state legislature, but she says she rarely even thought about the U.S. Senate before Anita Hill. And of course, the day after I won the election, it was like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? I have to pack my clothes and move to D.C. I've got to find a place to live. I need to, you know, dive into this. And there was Barbara Mikulski, and uh, she was amazing. Murray may have been overwhelmed initially, but she says she and her fellow newcomers walked out of that first coffee meeting with a clarity of purpose. We wanted to achieve things. We wanted to be respected so that other women could do this. In that, they succeeded. In 1991, before Anita Hill, women made up just 2% of the Senate. Today, they account for nearly a quarter of what is arguably the most powerful legislative body in the world. That's still not half. But it's a huge shift, and it's increasingly conventional wisdom that this year's election will mark another huge shift, with more than 250 women already having won congressional primaries, a record number.
0: But, you know, the fact is that it's 26 years later and we're still talking about the fact that having a whole bunch of women run for Congress is worthy of a news story tells you that women are still seen as an anomaly and not as some normal part of the political scene.
1: That's Amy Walter. She's the national editor of The Cook Political Report and a host of The Takeaway here at WNYC. She says, sure, 1992 was exciting and progress, and 2018 may be as well. But a personnel change, having more women in office, is not the same as a structural change.
0: But you know what? There are structural challenges for women that go much deeper to the origins of power, to who wrote the rules and who still benefits from the rules, right? Right. And the fact is, the structures were built by and for certain people, and women weren't around the table when those structures were being built.
1: Regardless of whether Kavanaugh is eventually confirmed, Donald Trump's presidency has prompted a lot of people, but particularly women, to reconsider those structures, to ask who built them and who do they serve. And for many, 2018 has become a bellwether for whether a majority of Americans are ready to build something new. Kai Wright, WNYC News. The United States of Anxiety's new season launches today. You can subscribe at WNYC.org
0: slash anxiety or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Politics Brief. If you want more, go to WNYC.org slash election.